Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. All we're doing is creating private industry that widens the gap between people who have and people who have not. It comes down, PJ, to a very simple rule of be a good neighbour, talk to your neighbours. And I'd say, because of bureaucracy, I cannot get work permits. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. There is a lot of good people in the world. One exceptional gentleman who we heard about months ago but how he came to one particular couple's aid will blow you away a lovely decent ordinary bloke who has a hobby that allows him to help people and he does it just because he can great story coming up in a few minutes good morning to you 0818 96 96 96 the number the text to whatsapp is 083 396 96 96 I remember the last time that the Tour de France was in Ireland it came to Cork and I remember being out on the straight road for the Tour de France the last time so to see it might be coming back in what 2024 or 2025 that'd be a good buzz before I came out of the house this morning it had cost me about 53 cent how did I work that out I'll tell you how in a minute I got a list Energy published just one of many providers in the in the system, I guess. But they provided a new list of your household charges based on the latest electricity unit rate of the 7th of October. And I've got the list in front of me now. And it cost me 53 cents to get out of the house this morning. To get from the bed to my car cost me 53 cents this morning on electricity. And I'll go through how in a little while. How much would you think it cost you? Now, I was on my own at this stage. I am the first one up and the first one out of the house. So for me, myself and I to get to the car this morning would have cost me about 53 or maybe 54 cent. So how much did it cost for the average family to get themselves out? Maybe two adults, two kids, get themselves out into the car 
this morning to go to work or to go to school. You'll be able to figure it out. I'll give you some of those numbers as we go through the morning. But there's a man by the name of Thomas. I won't even try his second name. It's it's Juhas, I think, but I could be wrong. But Thomas is his name, and he's quite well known around Garrettstown and Kinsale and that general neck of the woods because he's quite a dab hand with a metal detector. And he spends hours, you'll see him, uh, up and down beaches and around the place with metal detectors. And he's quite good with it. He's quite got a good metal detector. And he helps people from time to time. And there are many stories about this uh, Tamas fella. But recently, Aileen Fitzgerald, you put a story up on the Balancholic Community Hub Facebook page and one or two other Facebook pages because Tomas came to your aid, Aileen, in quite a unique way. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. He sure did. On the 12th of September, my husband and I decided to go for a spin as far as Garrettstown. It was um, one of those misty days, but very warm. Yeah. And when we got there, my husband decided he had a swimming gear with him and that he would go for a quick paddle in the water. Hmm. Um, He went in and thought nothing about his ring on his finger and coming out of the water and coming up to the car to get changed, the ring is missing. It's a ring of particular sentimental value. The ring was got in 1985 when my husband was in the army. Um, He spent 39 years in the army Mm -hmm. and I think it was his first trip to Lebanon where he purchased it. Now, it's actually a puzzle ring made up of six pieces but because when they come apart, they're very hard to put back together, he actually got it soldered in Keynes. Right. Okay. I've seen some of those, actually. They're called a puzzle ring for a reason. <laughs> they sure are. They sure are, because, I mean, you'd nearly want to go back to somebody that would really know how to put them back together again. Yeah. Because they are like a puzzle, you know. They are very hard. So we said, as, as we had it in the right place, yeah. here goes, we get it soldered. Good. And... To this day, he has it 37 years and never lost it, and it's always been on his finger. And, and never takes it off? like he Never was... took it off, wow. never took it off. I think it actually went from one finger to the other because when he was playing rugby, he broke his finger and he put it on to another finger, but it had lasted there and never come off, you know? So, um, so I was distracted. He was distracted but he wouldn't tell me to the point of how upset he was you know men they tend to hold things back but I was so upset for him yeah uh, there was a few people around um on the beach that day we were actually down by stranded which is the end of the first beach yes and um there was people around and walking dogs and stuff and I approached some of the people that were in the mobile homes quite close and asked them did they know of anybody that actually walking with a metal detector on the beach and a couple of people came back to me and said there was a person and they'd try and find the name so the next thing a woman approached me and gave me this man's name and said he's absolutely outstanding he's a great son I looked him up and contacted him on Messenger Yes. and he came back to me and said he was in Hungary on holidays where he's from 
and that um, he would get back to me the following week. So I said, great, that was fantastic. And you're thinking, I'm sure, I'm the, thinking, the longer yeah, this is missing. Yeah, 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 he's not come back. So what we actually did was we hired a metal detector and we went down the following week to see, but it, it didn't pick up anything at all, you know. It wasn't a great quality, but... So my husband said, ah, look. But anyway, on the 19th of September, we got a phone call to say that he'd be in Kinsale in Garrettstown at uh, low tide and we'd go down to meet him, right. which he did. And we spent some time there and no luck at all. Yeah. So he said he would actually go out again the following day, which he did. And I was on to him and he said, look, the place was covered in seaweed. It was one of those stormy days. A lot of seaweed came in. So... They, he said, look, it probably got entangled with seaweed and it was brought back out to sea. So we, my husband said, look, it's gone, it's in the past, forget about it. Yeah, he's kind of giving up on it at this stage. Think it's- oh, oh yeah, he was. He yeah. was. He, you know, he has a tendency to say, look, if it's gone, it's gone, there's nothing more. We, we've tried. Yeah. You know, so I spoke with Matt and I said, look, don't put any more effort into it. You've done your best. So we thought no more of it. Uh, I was thinking of getting my husband a new one, but he said no, it wasn't the same. This one had a sentimental value on it. Yeah. Uh, it brought back the memories of his first trip overseas. Oh, yeah. you, you can imagine, can't you? First trip abroad, he buys this. He's got it nearly 40 years. Every time exactly. he looks at it, you know, you can't replace that. No, you can't replace something that has so many memories yeah. and stories attached to something that goes back 37 years oh. to 1985. And he's pretty much given up on it, yeah? Oh, we had. We had really given up on it. And then the other day I was sitting at the table and I got a message through Messenger. Yeah. And I saw these photographs and I saw the photographs of the ring. So I put two and two together and I saw his name so I said, will you send me your telephone number and I'll ring you? Yes. So I actually rang him and he said, I have your ring. Wow. I said, oh my God. I, I said, I thought that was a thing of the past. I said, I never thought we would actually see it again. So and I had you said it. to him, look, let it go, it's gone. It's Oh yeah, I said, I had said it to him, but the kind of person he is, I think when he has something on his mind and he knew from the story and that that he would go out there and try and try again, you wow, know. That's now, determination. I don't go to speech, but there's determination and kindness that I have seen in a person, you know, which is lovely. Yeah. And do, do you know where he actually found it? He actually found it almost quite close to where we lost it. Right. Now, so whether it had been dragged out with seaweed or not right. and dragged back in when we had the storm, when we had the... You, you said to me that you'd come back to the car and it was there your husband noticed it was missing. Gone. Yeah, because it, it, it was so heavy, it was... It's 18 karat gold. All right. But he didn't know He didn't know where he'd, if you like, lost contact with no, it. Whether I, it was in the water or walking up, he didn't know. Exactly. Right. But he went, the, the, the waves were quite big and he went in under the waves and 
he felt the seaweed, but he didn't think anything of the ring at the time until he got to the car and the car was parked just almost right in front of where he swam because the, the tide was in at the time. So but so he hadn't got that far out. But anyway, we came home distraught and everything. Never to think that five or six weeks later, wow. this ring, this magical ring would actually turn up again in our lives. How, how did he react when you told him it had been found? He he said he said it, it hasn't sunk in my head yet. He said I, I just he said I'm over the moon, but he said I won't believe it until it's on my finger again. Yeah, and I said you have to believe it. I said look at the photograph, look at the photograph. It's there. It is your ring, you know. So um, I was so excited. Yesterday I thought. Like we were meeting this lad at uh, uh, at five o'clock in the Super Valley Car Park in Kinsale. Yeah. And he comes around the corner and he has it on his baby finger. And we got out of the car and I just jumped for joy hmm. and gave him a big hug. And we chatted for about 10 or 15 minutes. And I thanked him sincerely with all my heart. And the only thing he asked me to do was if I was doing anything to know we put a little story together and put it up on Facebook. Yeah. You've done he, better than that now because you're telling me and the whole of Cork will hear it. And the whole yeah, of, the oh, world will hear it. And he said he just loves doing it. Now, seemingly on other occasions he had found rings for people that were actually one one person that was only after getting married and they were on the beach in Garrettstown. Um, they'd been remarried two weeks and she lost it but he found it straight away but like to think that like certain people when they were put on the post they said they'd seen him out walking with the metal detector still checking six six weeks tied in tied out tied in tied out six weeks later there it is exactly exactly wow and within five minutes of landing there and going to an area he had it found that's incredible. That's you know, amazing. Just, I'm still overjoyed. You know, I'm still, I'm saying, how can, there, there definitely has to be somebody out there, somebody who's looking after us. Yeah. You know, to think that this ring came back into our lives again, you know. Um, all, all I think of is um, the guy in the Lord of the Rings <laughs> putting this ring on his finger and the magic that. <laughs> They tailed afterwards, you know. And when Paul put the ring back in his finger, the smile that came on his face, you know. There's no price on that smile, is there? There's not. And he's had a rough year, you know. Um, He had cancer and he had a big operation. So, like, this to me has just, you know, has proved that there's, there can be bad days, but there can not be mighty, mighty good days. Well, you know what? That's exactly what I was going to say, Aileen, because we, we hear so many sad stories every day of every week, but, but this is brilliant. This is, yeah. gr- this, yeah. is yeah. this story has made my week. Do you know that? I, I'm just overjoyed. There's no words that I can say to describe the feeling. And just the, the idea that we have this ring back and only thanks to... Hmm. for finding it for you know he reaches out and he doesn't look for money you know he he enjoys doing it yes you know but you could not but 
give him something, know. you know. And He, he uh, seems to do it just because he can, which is wonderful. Just because he can and because he has the heart. He is so good. He is so, so good and so kind and such a gentleman to talk to. Yeah. It's a funny old world and we need more Tomases in it, I think. Oh, we, we, do. We, do. We, do. we do, we do, we do. Aileen, it's lovely talking to you. My best to your husband and thrilled that Thank you chose to tell us this. This is lovely. This is, as I said, this story has made my week. Thank you very much, PJ. It's made my week and my year as well. Yeah, I, I can. Thanks, Aileen. Thank you. I'd say it has. I'd say it has for Aileen and Paul. You'd be delighted, wouldn't you? Paul goes for a swim. In, in Garrettstown, and there's this beach, or there's this ring that he's had since he was in the army, in the leb, an unusual ring, and gets out of the water, and God, the ring is gone, and you've given up on it, and treasured possession and all that. And then this guy, Tomas, who just does it as a hobby. And they met him, and they looked for it, and they couldn't find it, and they said, look, give up on it, it's weeks now, it's weeks now, and then it turns off. It's not a fabulous story. What a lovely story. 0818-96-96-96. I'm sure there are other people out there that Thomas has found things for. Aileen mentioned one or two of them. Wedding rings, engagement rings, signet rings, or in Paul's case, this puzzle ring. If you've ever seen one of them, you'll know what they're like. They literally come in a few pieces and they put them together for you in the jeweler's shop. <laughs> if you take them apart again, it'll take you forever to sort them out. That's fantastic. 0818 96 96 96. Me and my people be rolling, rolling. Join Simon Murdoch on Cork's 96 FM each afternoon this week for your chance to be at Cork Opera House for Great Cork Jazz Festival gigs. October Bank Holiday Weekend. Win a golden ticket to go to Deck Pierce's Block Rock and Beats on the 28th, Jenny Green on the 29th, then Mac Fleetwood, Europe's premier tribute to Fleetwood Mac, and stars of Electric Picnic, King Kong Company, both on Sunday, October 30th. See CorkOperaHouse.ie for more. Listen from midday to win. Only on Quartz 96 FM. Yeah, I'll tell you in a minute those new prices for using your ordinary household goods, the, the stuff you use every single day. Like I said, I've been working it out this morning now from not energy. I don't have my bill with energy. I get mine from uh, Borgash at the moment, so it's probably different for me. But if I was an energy customer, uh, the cost of me getting out of the house this morning, just getting up, getting showered, bit of breakfast into me and out the gap would have been about 53 or 54 cents. And I'll tell you how in a minute um, on their new list of stuff. And as you guessed it, the immersion, the immer- let's be careful of the immersion. Whatever you do, turn off the bloody immersion. It, it's 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 ridiculously expensive. 0818 96 96 96. Joe is it tonight that you're going to uh, the UK for the gig? Joe Costigan, you've written about this in Cork, Bio. It's tonight, is it, Joe? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. It is, yes. I'm getting the flight now in about two or three hours and I'll be flying over then. Okay. Now, you're going to see, forgive me, I'm not as up to date with popular culture as maybe I should be. I don't know who Rina Sawayama is, but you're going to see her in concert. I am going to see her in Manchester. So she's playing two gigs in Dublin and she's on her Hold the Girl tour at the moment. But you see, I want to see her in Dublin. You know, it's more convenient, hop on the train, hop on the bus, whatever, to go up. 
But my, myself and my friend were looking at the hotel prices and they're just astronomically high. Like, it's ridiculous. So I don't know if you read my article with Cork Bio, mm-hmm. but the estimate I gave for a hotel cost was about €200 Euro per night. That's a very conservative estimate. I You'd mean, be getting a bargain at Dublin prices for that. Absolutely, yeah. Like, we... um. We had hundreds of comments on Corpio about the story and people were sharing their own experiences. We had people saying that they paid 500 euro for a hotel in Dublin. But even other cities in Ireland, like it's not just Dublin. I think the whole country is going this way. Cork, Limerick, Galway, even rural areas on Airbnb. People who own properties and rent them out on Airbnb are just raising the prices to like astronomical levels. Mm-hmm. So Dublin would have cost you what? Three, four hundred quid? It would, well, we never settled on a hotel because we kind of, straight out the gate, we just realised it just wasn't an option. Like, yeah. it's not worth but bus, spending that bus money. But bus or train, gig and hotel, you were probably looking at, what, three or four hundred quid between you? It would have been about that, yeah. Okay. So but I mean, the bus, the bus and the concert tickets, that even wasn't that much. It was all the hotel. Yeah, okay. So you're going to the UK now? Yes, yeah, so we're flying to Manchester. And how much is that going to cost you? It's €107 Euro in total. So hotel, gig and flights. No, no, no. Stop, stop, Joe. <laughs> second now. 107 in total to fly, yep, stay whole, and go to the gig. Yeah, now that's a hotel room divided by two. Yeah. But so my share of the hotel and then my flights and my concert tickets all together, €107. Euro. And for Dublin, you'd have been looking at at least double that. Splitting everything. Yeah, like it's a no-brainer. It and is. we had loads of people in our comments on Corpio telling us the exact same thing, that they're going abroad, not just for gigs, but even for a weekend away. Like if there's a bank holiday weekend now, you have the Monday off work and you want to go on a weekend away. You can't do it in Ireland. Like it's just not affordable. And I know now this isn't even the tip of the iceberg in terms of the cost of living crisis. I'm not trying to say, you know, this is awful for me. I have to go to Manchester. That's not the worst thing going on right no, now. No, just no, the no. point that I'm making is the cost of going anywhere in Ireland right now is just ridiculously expensive. And we're forcing people out of the country for really simple things like gigs. And then all the money that I'd be spending in Dublin, you know, in a in a hotel, in a bar, in a restaurant, yeah. in an Irish music venue, that's all now going to an English business rather than an Irish one and supporting yeah. our own economy. And, and that's a very good point because if you were to pay the cost of going to the Dublin gig, yes, you'd have been spending money in maybe a Dublin pub or a Dublin restaurant. Now you're going to Manchester, you've got more money in your pocket because you've saved it. You're going to have something to eat, you're going to have a few drinks, you're going to enjoy a new city for a night. You're going to spend money into the Manchester economy rather than into the Irish economy. Yeah, and this is the time when Irish hospitality businesses are really struggling. I know they could do, with the support like that, Was there was all this talk about once lockdown was over and concerts started again, this would have a knock-on effect to loads of different sectors in the Irish economy. But if we can't afford to go to those gigs in Ireland, all those different businesses aren't going to reap those rewards. It's very stark when you do the numbers. Joe, thanks. Tell me a little bit about Rena Sawayama before you go. Yeah, she's brilliant. She wouldn't be, I suppose, that mainstream. She's an, an English-Japanese singer, so she kind of came to prominence maybe two years ago. Um, that's when she kind of had her breakout moment. Right. But she's been making music now for about five or six years. I've been a fan for three years. So she makes kind of it's pop music overall, but there'd be some rock influences, some garage influences, that type of thing. Right, yeah, you've got it. Yeah, you, you saw her as a support act, I think, didn't you? 
Yeah, I saw her open for Charlie XCX three years ago, and then I saw her in London last year. I got you. Or in, uh, in Dublin last year. All right. Will you be posting to your TikTok while you're over? I will if you follow Corpio on TikTok. I manage our TikTok account. And <laughs> I'll actually be doing, I'll be timing myself going through Cork Airport security. I know people are always mad to see how long that takes to get through. Oh, sure. And we seem to be much better at it down here. Than We're a hundred times better. We're a hundred so. times better. We really are. Joe, yeah, listen, enjoy the trip. Enjoy the, enjoy the gig. Thanks very much for being with me on the Opinion Line. Joe Costigan of Corpio. And follow him on TikTok as well. So, to fly, to stay, and to go to the gig in Manchester, going with his buddies to the share the hotel room, to fly, to go to the gig, and to stay over in Manchester, 107 yo-yos. To go to Dublin and do the very same thing. Double it, at least, and then some. Ah, lads. My prepay meter reads an average of 55 cents per hour, 6.45 per day. Yep, that makes sense when you balance it out over... A full 24 hours. My prepay meter, PJ, is with the main suppliers Electric Ireland. I'd avoid any third-party suppliers. At the moment, three euro a day on average, says Jimmy. God, Jimmy, you're doing well there. You are doing well on that one. Uh, 0818969696. No, Energy came out with a list in the last 24 hours of, based on the recent change in rates, now, the latest change, in unit price. And this obviously is if you haven't got a deal. So I'm presently on a deal with Board Gosh Energy and there are other deals out there and you get them through the various uh, websites like Bonkers or, or Switcher or any one of those. But Energy have put this out based on if you're paying full price for your lecky at the moment, your shower is 56 cents for a 10 minute electric shower. Your dryer is one thirty an hour. The dryer is one of the most expensive things in the house. Your immersion is three thirty for a full tank of hot water. Every time you boil the kettle, it's six cents. From that's from a full kettle in the five or six minutes it takes to boil it from a full cold kettle, about six cents. To dry your hair, now that's cheap enough. Well, with me, I just don't even bother. But <laughs> 75 cents an hour to dry your hair, which is the same price as it is to cook on an electric hob for an hour. One of the cheapest things in the house is the microwave. It's about one cent per minute. Your electric oven actually is not as expensive as I would have thought. 58 cents per hour, your electric oven. But there's the thing, we were talking about this during the week, air fryers. If any of you think that your air fryer is saving on the lecky. I wouldn't be so sure about that. Because they've worked out, have energy, that your air fryer is costing you 56 cents an hour compared to your electric oven at 58. Your dishwasher is about 65 cents for a good cycle. And your washing machine about 45 cents. Coming out this morning, so I had a shower, which didn't take me 10 minutes. I have it down to a practice dart. I generally hop into the shower for about six, seven minutes. Um, that would have cost me maybe 40 cents, I suppose. Uh, I boiled a kettle, so that's six cents. I did a slice of toast for myself. So, oh, the toaster, they say, is about 11 cents per five minutes. That's expensive too. So I would have got out the house with my shower and my bite of breakfast and whatever for around 50 cents just to get me out of the house this morning. And the shower 
been the most expensive part of that. It's, it's, it's 50 cents just to get me. No, I'm on a deal with Gash Energy, thankfully, so it probably cost me a lot less than that. But if I was paying full price with Energia this morning, it'd have cost me about 50 cents to just get out the house and sit in the car to drive to work. So if I did that five mornings a week, that's 250 just to get my arse out of the house, washed, cleaned and fed of a morning. 0818969696. Everybody is solo travelling at the moment. And this came up on the show, oh God, it's last year now, maybe even the year before. We were chatting about solo travelling and this lovely woman rang. She just arrived in one of my favourite places in the world. She just arrived in Alcudia. And she was preparing to spend a week on her own in Alcudia. And we did a little walking tour up and down the main street for an old place at the back of my hand. And we were ch- chatting about where she is. I just wanted to get on the next plane on me own. No disrespect to the Queen Bee and the Boy Wonder and anybody else that we meet and love. And all. I would love to go on holidays on me own for a week or ten days. I'd probably do nothing and come back two stone heavier. But hey... Who cares? Dara Fleming did it for nine weeks. I'll talk to him next. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. An Autism Awareness Family Fun Day will take place at Kennedy Key, Cork City on Sunday the 30th of October between 12 and 5pm. There'll be face painting, truck pulling, superheroes and lots more on the day and all are welcome to attend. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With CorkSimon.ie. Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Cork's 96 FM. John and Cobb, you're an awful smart ass. I'll come back to you in a second, you messer. <laughs> oh, wait, what? I know, I know. I know you're only messing. I'll still read it in a minute. Oh, wait, 1896969696. Now, Dara Fleming, the minute I read about you, I said, I am so envious. Nine weeks on your Dony. Around Europe. Morning. Good morning. How's it going, PJ? I'm all right. Nice to speak to you again. Good. You went Spain, France, Germany, Sweden, Finland. Was it just a just a notion you took, or or what happened? Yeah. Um, so I went. I think I hit nine countries in the end, but it, it was kind of it was born from a, a couple of things. But the the primary one was I was meant to do six months on my own in South America in March of 2020, which obviously didn't happen uh, due to the pandemic. And then, so it got to the end of last year and I still had that kind of itch to go traveling. So I quit my job and I headed off for nine weeks. All on your own? All on my own, yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's obviously anxiety around that, like especially on the build-up, you know, the weeks coming up to setting off, there's a lot of anxiety of like, will I be on my own all the time? Uh, what will happen but once you get going once you take that first step when someone drops you at the airport all that anxiety kind of fades away and turns into excitement and yeah. I think a big part of it for me is that um, the kind of art of solitude is is lost in our society because I, we're always so connected with phones and 24-7 access to the internet yeah. that we're kind of we're wary of being alone and we're uncomfortable in it and uh, for me that's always been quite a profound idea so um, I decided what's better way to address this issue than go off for nine weeks on my own. Right. And did you leave the phone behind or what did you do? No, no, I kept the phone with me. Jesus. Uh, that, that <laughs> you're not that, that, that disconnected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, but it's just, you know, because you have to embrace your your own company a lot. And yeah. 
that's not to say you're always on your own because I, I was bouncing in the hostels and you find like-minded people who are also traveling on their own. So in a sense, you're never on your own if you don't want to be, but yes. there's still that, you know, you're away from all the people you know in your daily life and that, that's a new challenge of discomfort, I suppose. And you can choose as well, like you're in a hostel or wherever you are. Like you went, for, I assume you flew to Spain and then how did you travel between the various countries? Uh, mainly on the interrail so you can get a, I got a, nine week pass for it was cheap enough I think it was like 200 euro maybe uh, and that gives you access to the interrail system and then there was a few times I flew and then I ended up on a a cruise ship from Stockholm to Helsinki I thought I was getting on a ferry and it ended up being a cruise ship so that was very <laughs> interesting as well <laughs> um, so yeah it was just you know it was just take it every day as it comes see what happens and just embrace the, the kind of chaos and whatever's going on and what do you get from it I know you're a, you're a big mental health campaigner and writer and, and you, in fact you have a book coming out and we'll talk more of that in a second How, what do you get from it mentally Dara from the solitude in, in, a, in a strange place as it were uh, I think like the main thing is it allows you to l- learn about yourself in a context you're not comfortable with. And it's this idea of embracing that discomfort because naturally we just go towards what makes us comfortable, like being at home, watching Netflix, being in the same routine. That's all comfort. But I think you grow the most as a person and develop the most as a person in areas of discomfort where you're, you know, being challenged there's new stresses, there's new anxieties, and you, you learn how you are able to cope with some things and aren't able to cope with other things. I think it just gives you a far more secure sense of who you are. Yeah. And that can't really be found if you, even if you go like, because I've been on holidays with friends, with family, you're still in a, a, a pocket of comfort in those situations. I so when you. you're completely on your own, it's it's full immersion into the, yeah. what's going to happen today? Who am I going to meet? You've, you've, you know, you have no hurt. one to turn to if something goes wrong. Hang on there for me, Dara. I want to jump very quickly and I'll come back to you across to Marianne because I know you've got to go. Marianne, you go away on your own every Christmas, you lucky woman. Morning. Yes. Yeah, I do, yes. Yeah, I do, PJ, yeah. It's great. Where do you go? <laughs> Anywhere. Um, I've been to Florida a few times because I had a friend living there. Um. I went to Tenerife. My last trip was Tenerife before COVID. Uh, Malta, Malaga, Puerto oh. Ventura, Lanzarote. Oh. Um, trying to find a nice warm place for yeah. at least a week or 10 days. All on your own. All on your own. It's great. And you can just saunter around the place and you can go anywhere you want to get on a bus. I usually do a, a trip then, you know, one tour, yeah. you know, and to see like... Malaga now, I went to Malaga and I did a boat trip and it rained all day Christmas Day. <laughs> they do boat trips on Christmas Day? It rained. And, yeah, well, they did. They had a tour. And not every island does a tour on Christmas Day, but, yeah. you know, it was, it was grand. You know, I just, I had my books and I read my books and sit at the beach and go for a swim. Oh, and stop, will you? Down along, down along the strip and... Stop, stop him. I'm here looking to book flights. I'm here looking to book a flight with me. Seriously, come on. Yeah, it's great, it's great. So where are you headed this year? Are you going going off at Christmas this year? I'm going to Lanzarote now this year. Well, you lucky woman, what part? Um, Porto del Carmen. Love the place. So it's just for a week. A week is plenty, like, 
um, I think I'll get too bored in two weeks. Uh, bring a, bring. I just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Say hello to my retirement home for me, will you, Marianne? Thank you, uh, Dara. She's the woman I envy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely, but you, absolutely. You mentioned about amazing. like not being in your comfort zone, like. I suppose if you're away in a group with a family or friends and something goes wrong, like anything can go wrong, you have someone to turn to. But I'm sure you, in, mm-hmm. in the course of the nine weeks, you must have come across a situation where you're going, uh-oh, and you're there on your own yeah. and you have to sort it out. That's stressful. Absolutely. like, And, you know, you can always ring home, but that isn't the same as seeing people in person. But what I would say with solo traveling, especially in the, the hostel scenario, is you... You make friends quite easily because everyone's on their own and you find people. I think when you're abroad, you make closer connections far faster. And there are people I met abroad that are still going to be very good friends for the rest of my life, which is, you know, a brilliant privilege to have. So I think in that sense, if something's going wrong, there's always someone there that you can talk to who's probably going through something similar because we're all away from home. Mm. And that, that really helps for sure. And you and I have talked previously about mental health and about your own troubled days like do you find when you're alone sometimes Dara do the voices you don't want to hear come back yeah like and I think there's like even reflecting over the last few months um I've noticed like whenever I'm on my own and there's silence I'm putting on a podcast or tv for background noise and that is just a an attempt to not be fully alone Uh, and as I said at the start um like the the art of solitude is being kind of lost. And I think it's really important that we're comfortable on our own. So uh, putting in that effort daily to sit in my own company for at least 20 minutes, half an hour is really important for me. And I think it's just knowing that if you do have bad thoughts, those thoughts don't define you, nor are they who you mm-hmm. are. And you just have to kind of accept them and let them pass. And you know the, 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 the 20 minutes, like, does that start out, because I'm interested in this, does, does that start out maybe as uh, five minutes and ten minutes? And do you kind of yeah. snap out yeah. of it when you feel stuff coming? And is it then longer every day that you can just say, I'm enjoying this? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it, like like meditation, it's very similar. Like, you can't start out from the mountaintop where you're meditating for two or three hours. You do have to start small. Um, and like solitude, like in being on your own doesn't have to be just sitting in silence. I mean, it, it could be going for a walk yes. in nature. Yes. It could be writing. It could be whatever it is. But it's just once you're in your own company and you're not looking yeah. to be distracted from your own mind is what's yeah. the important thing. It's funny, actually, I'm, Dara, I'm sure, and you've, you've done it while you were away. I don't think there's anything more blissful than a swim in the sea on your own mm-hmm. just about sunset. Oh, it's the best. Even like minutes. not even when I'm on. 20 minutes. Not even when I'm on my own. I, I did that in, uh, I've done that in Bantry like during the summer and yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. Like it's definitely, it's cause, and swimming is the most mindful thing I, I think you exactly. can do because you can't, you can't be distracted by your phone. You have to just concentrate on right. swimming, being in the water. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Book is out on the 24th of November. You're working on it quite a while. Lonely Boy. Tell me more. Yeah. So Lonely Boy is kind of like, I suppose, the antithesis to, to my, you know, dealing with um, solitude. So it very much reflects on that fear of being alone and how uh, being alone always kind of led to loneliness for me. And it's just kind of breaking down. The book breaks down, like, different aspects of my life that would have caused me to be lonely and why I was afraid to be alone. Mm. And kind of ends with that idea of that if you switch alone time from being something you have to endure to something you can enjoy and embrace, Mm. then that switches it from loneliness to solitude. And I think... 
it's it's a really common thing. Like we're all very uncomfortable in our own company a lot of the time. So I think the book will resonate with a lot of people. There's a lot of experiences I've had that many people have had. So really looking forward to it coming out. Um, yeah, it's been. Yeah. You know, working on it for two, two years, two and a half years. So, yeah, really looking forward to good, it. Good, good. I remember your, your first book, the, the essays were, were really good. And look forward to reading this one, Dara. The thing about that loneliness, like you and I have spoken about this before and I've read about it, a lot about it. You can be you can be lonely in a packed football stadium. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I think what I've come to understand about loneliness over the last few years, it's not it's not exactly about being on your own. I think it's a lack of uh, other people understanding you and understanding what you're going through. And when you feel like people don't get what's going on, that can lead you to loneliness, yes. which means you could be in a room full of your friends and full of your family. But if you feel like they don't really understand what's going on with you, that can make you feel really isolated. Yeah, that's really true. Look, good luck with it when it comes out. Uh, Dara Fleming, great young writer from Cork, a solo traveller as well. Oh, I'm jealous. Yes, I am. Book is called Lonely Boy. It's out on the 24th, 24th of November. Book Hub Publishing on Twitter. You'll find out more details. Thanks, Dara. 0818-969696. John says, John O'Donovan, if you do end up going to a desert island, PJ, I'll be your man Friday. So we can talk about all the topics of the day together. Will you see... John, if you were there, I wouldn't be on my own, would I? I'd be buried in a cave, wondering when you're going to leave. <laughs> Stop. Thanks. Kate says, everyone needs me time. I love traveling around on my own, even though I enjoy my friends very much too. And yes, that's a great balance, isn't it, Kate? It really is an important balance. And whenever we go away, even at home... I think over the years, we, you know, you get used to being around the members of your family and being around your friends. And we go on holidays, have done many times with some of our closest friends in the world. But I would always disappear, so would my buddy. I'd always disappear for maybe, it might just be 40 minutes in the day. Now, usually it's in the morning. I get up early because this job teaches your body to wake up early. So I get up at stupid o'clock anyway. Uh, and I'd be walking on a beach in Spain at, I could be there a quarter past seven in the morning, having grabbed a takeaway coffee and sit with a book. And it's it's the most beautiful kind of solitude. It's gorgeous. I love it. But the idea that I would do it for a week and a half, oh my God. <laughs> Where do I sign up? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, what was John saying? I was going on about the prices of running your various household appliances. According to Energia, if you were buying your electricity from Energia, and obviously there are other suppliers and other deals, but if you were buying from Energia at full price at the moment, for example, your dryer would cost you one thirty an hour to run it. Your immersion, three thirty four to heat and fill a tank. A ten minute shower is fifty six cents. Uh, air fryer and the electric oven costs the same to run. 58 cents an hour for the oven, 56 cents an hour for the air fryer. So what's all the hype about? John and Cove says, will we set up a collection for you and send on a few bob? I can open up a GoFundMe. You're like the waitress on yesterday who'd all her wages gone for the hour before she even started. And had to rely on tips. Don't worry, PJ boy. We won't see you short. 
And he did, in fairness, say he's only messing. We know you're only messing, John. No, listen, I'm worked it out there. It would have cost me, like I said, 50 to 52 or 3 cents to, to get out the door this morning. Just me. Do you know? And look, I'm in a very happy position in my life and so is the missus. We're able to afford our bills and, and we we kind of pinch ourselves every day to remind ourselves that we're so lucky that we can afford our bills and it's 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 really important to remember that. But just reflecting on it, I mean for ordinary households, the cost of these various appliances around the house continues to go up and it's a it's a real concern for so many houses out there The Takeover on Cork's 96 FM weeknights from 7 on the Big Drive Home we give you the chance to take charge of our tunes join me Lorraine as you decide what songs we fire up What we play. See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories with Sophie's Rooftop Restaurant at the Dean Cork. Serving lunch daily over breathtaking views. See sophies.ie. Turn up the music. On Cork's 96FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, so just in case anyone is worried that I do stupid things like go swimming entirely on my own, no, nor would I recommend that anybody does. What I mean by swimming on your own is you can be in a very crowded beach but still swim on your own, still go in your own company. So, like, when I'm swimming on my own on holidays or anywhere, like, there'd be someone 8, 9, 10 foot or 10 yards away from me. There's always someone. I wouldn't do anything daft like go to a deserted place and swim on my own because that's just dangerous. But there'd always be somebody around. So that's what I meant. And, And obviously, to clarify, you should never go swimming in a place where you are totally on your own. That would be just silly. Unless you're a really good professional, top-end experienced swimmer, which which I'm not. I'm a half-decent swimmer, but no. So just clarifying that. And I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it all year round. I'd love to be able to get into the sea now. I'd love to be able to get into the sea in November, January. I just don't... I seriously don't have the courage I would be petrified. I couldn't, I can't, I could not get myself to do it. I did the thought of the cold water up my legs and, 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 and further. Oh, oh, there I said it. Oh, eight, one, eight, 96, 96, 96. Ian, one thing you can oh, do if you wanted to is you can certainly swim in Israel at Christmas time because that water is never cold. Morning. Oh, you PJ, whole things right? Good. Do you go there every year, mate? Uh, I have the last couple of years, so except for COVID and when I was out sick there uh, nice. for a year or two. Like, but uh, unfortunately, I swim like a stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you head? What part? Uh, well, I usually base myself in Tel Aviv, but uh, you know, I maybe spend a day or two in Jerusalem or Elat or Haifa. Oh, isn't Elat fantastic? 
absolutely beautiful. Like, you know, the crystal clear waters and, you know, you have the Negev uh, Desert kind of right behind you as well, like that you yeah. can go horse riding or camel. How, uh, how do you get down from Tel Aviv to Ilat these days? It used to be just a flight. Is there a train uh, or anything else? Uh, either a flight or you go by bus or car. Bus. It's, a, it's about six hours by bus. Oh, it's a beast of a bus ride, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you done the Dead Sea? I haven't swam in the Dead Sea, but I've been to places around it and Masada yeah. and places like that. It's absolutely beautiful looking at Jordan, you know, across oh, the way. And Haifa. I mean, I was in Haifa a few years ago for, it's God, it's over 20 years ago now, for a Cork City match. And that's, what a stunningly beautiful place. The, the Baha'i Gardens are absolutely stunning, great place to kind of, you know, sit out and just kind of, yeah. you know, Think about you know. Think about everything you know. Sitting on the steps we, of the garden. We were in a hotel at- there called the Dan Panorama. I remember reading about this place. And we're going out there, and there's a, there's a swimming pool. And I said, "Where's the pool?" And the girl just pointed up. It was on the flipping roof. I thought, "My God, what a place for a yeah. swimming pool!" It's just magnificent. Yeah. And, you know, Tel Aviv is a great place for beaches, and you know, yeah. just you know, going into old Jaffa, and you That's know, right. That's you know, right. Ab- the city and you know how, how, did you, how did you connect with Israel in the first place Ian? Uh, I'm fascinated by history and politics and kind of stuff like that and I always wanted to see it and I just got a notion in my head one year like and I said you know what I'm going to go away for Christmas and I made a few friends out there like so I said mm. uh, yeah, I could go and visit them when, uh, when I can like you know yeah. Have you gone over into Bethlehem I know it's crossing yeah. into the Palestine yeah. area but yeah I did uh, once or twice on Christmas Eve. What's that and, like? Oh, absolutely beautiful. Like, but it's surprising how cold parts of Israel can be. You know, compared to like some Tel Aviv. You know, it was absolutely bitter. Yeah, you get the nighttime it's desert like, cold, don't you? In that part, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, it and but to go and see Manger um, Square and the church. Uh, Christmas Eve was absolutely uh, stunning. Like you know, is it, uh, it kind of it, they, they, it, they light it up, don't they? So sensitively, and it's yes. yeah. And you can go down into the the area where the crib was meant to be. You know, is it, uh, you know, fabulous, brilliant. And then you'd meet up with your friends then for Christmas dinner, would you? Yeah, they usually meet up uh, with a couple of friends Christmas dinner. Like we either go to some. American bar, you know, sports bar where where they do Christmas dinner. You get your turkey and ham, would you? You'll get your turkey and ham, and uh, if not, we kind of go to, you know, an Israeli restaurant and have, you know, local cuisine or, you know, a few beers, something like that. Like The local stuff is lovely. The local grub is oh, fabulous. Falafel, I fell in love with a couple of years ago. Like, yeah. it's, uh, I said, it's very hard to get here, but I have a friend of Musgraves who kind of surprised me yeah, with that. Yeah. Actually, the, when if, if Glow is open again this year, which I hope it will, there's a place in the food section down there that does falafel, and it's oh. it's gorgeous. It really is. Right, yeah. Is it? Uh, I must. Uh, I must try that. Like I said, uh, I, I I didn't know that. Yeah, we're not too sure whether it will be open this year because of energy, but hopefully it will be. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it will be. So you're heading out for the few days at Christmas, yeah. and like you said about the history and politics, you know, having been there myself a couple of times, albeit briefly, like going to Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, and you take a walk and you realise. These are the places you read about in the news and and see on the newspaper and you hear terrible things, but it's such it's so different when you're standing there, isn't it? Yes, you know I 
my, my late mother had a great um, graph for history and politics and stuff like that, and she used to tell me things about Gold of My Year and Musha Diane and people yeah. like that. That's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to go there. But then my first time in Jerusalem, like I said, the history is kind of seeping out of the walls. You know, you go to Church of the Holy Sepulchre. That's right. Wall, um, Isn't know, that the strangest the, place you've ever been in your whole life, the, the Wailing Wall? Yes, yes. Even if you're not a, like I wouldn't be a particularly religious person. No, no, but, but you see people who are, and the fervency, yes. the sheer yes. fervency of it, you know. Yes, yes. Even, as I said, even non, uh, non-Jewish non people, you know, I, I would still say a prayer there. You, know, you leave a prayer on the wall. Yes. Is it, uh, you know... And, uh, it just—it would affect anybody, even an atheist. You it's know, incredible. Down. And do they, do they still give out the little paper cap? Yes. Yeah. Well, they did before COVID. Uh, I'm not—I'm <clears throat> not sure what way it goes now. But uh, hopefully, I'll get up there for the you know uh, Christmas week, and they—they uh, they always give out the paper hats unless you have uh, one, one yourself, like you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an incredible place, and I, I envy you. How many how many times have you gone there now? Oh, seven or eight times, I think. Wow, lucky you, lucky if I, you. If I, if I if I could afford, I'd have a winter uh, a winter home over there in Tel Aviv or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, I'd have to win the last one first, I think. Well, yeah. well they, they tried a few years ago, um, and they did it for a season, but it never really took off. They tried to offer a lat. Uh, as a winter destination out of out of Cork, and I, I travelled there with with a mm-hmm. press group to see it, and I'm so sad it didn't take off because it's an, it's astonishingly oh, like 27 degrees on Christmas Day, like yes, yes, it, it does. Like I'm not a great person for the sun, but that 20 odd degrees is going to you know just nice, you know, it's, a, it's, yeah. it, it's not it's not boiling, you know that kind of way. It's gorgeous. Listen, enjoy your trip when it comes, Ian. Thanks ever so much. Uh, heading off to Israel on his own for Christmas, and he meets his friends out there, and he goes to Bethlehem, and he's been to... And by the way, travel this year. Get yourself up to Nakura, Ian, which is kind of there on the border uh, with Lebanon. Get yourself up to Nakura. That's where the UN was based for years. That's It's a fabulous part of the of the world. PJ, the funeral pyres burning at the Ganges and people bringing their loved ones' ashes to the water is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's in India, a must-see for anyone who likes cultural things. Yeah, I've been to India as well a couple of times, privileged to travel there with a the, with the charity I was involved with for a few years. And lads, India, oh my God. India just captures you, it takes you, and you don't leave India and you don't actually leave India whole. You leave part of your heart in a corner of it. There's something about it. It's just an explosion of the mind, explosion of the senses. Same with I, any part of India that anyone's ever been to. That's why I love movies made in India. And the best exotic... If you ever want to have a good movie, it's a movie coming up this weekend. If you want to try and find a good movie for yourself, I'm going off on a total tangent now, but that, that, that's, that's what happened. The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Set in India, filmed in India. Hilariously funny film. And Maggie Smith is just awesome in it. But yeah, and you'll see it was filmed in in Jaipur, I think. How did we get there? Oh, we just did. Oh yeah, Glow. That's sad news. I wasn't sure about that. I knew it was in doubt. uh, But the decision has been made, unfortunately. There won't be a Glow this year due to the energy crisis. And that's sad.
0818969696. We were talking yesterday about Leo's lunchbox and the oversharing of Leo's lunchbox and, and the fact that even the Food Safety Authority weighed in on Leo's picture of his lunchbox. Seamus has got something to say next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96FM. So it's a few days now since the picture of Leo's fridge appeared on social media. This fridge with all his batch cooking and batch preparing done. Um, with open lids or no lids and the Food Safety Authority weighed in and the whole thing just got completely out of hand and you're sitting there going, Leo, Leo, stop. Just stop. Like, you're not good at this crack. You're not good at this share. And can you imagine I say Matt when Matt came home from work and said, what are you at, Leo? You go like, what are you at? It it doesn't. But Seamus, you reckon there's an ulterior motive here. Morning. Good morning, PJ. How you doing? Yeah. You think he's got a motive with doing all this? Oh, this is this is how Fianna Gael abused social media. He's been doing it for years now, Leo Brockner. Um, you know, just to remind young listeners out there, if you have any you know around the country, that when it comes to the housing crisis, only about six or seven years ago, Leo told everybody to all young people move in with your parents or ask them for your inheritance or leave the country. That was his response. That was only about five years ago or thereabouts. Mm. Uh, the housing crisis was just swirled completely out of control now. But um, it, it's just, it's quite notable that, you know, there was a family on RTE only, I think it was the day before, right. um, or two days beforehand, and they were describing their their lives living with their traumatised children in a tent. I mean, God knows what that's doing to young children in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Mm. As we watch every, you know, refugee from anywhere in the world just come in and get a free for all in the country, like, yeah, but we stand mm. over yeah. our own. It's, you know, and Daryl Brin's response, you know, our friends in Ukraine, but what about our family here in Ireland? Yeah, it's yeah, well, I guess they're too, we, we kind of have to be in a position where we can take care of both, and, and, and we, we're doing one right. better than the other, is what I would say. Exactly, we're, yeah. We're yeah. doing one better than the other. It's not that we shouldn't do both, we should, but we're doing one an awful lot better than the other. But come, the back, other, yeah. come back to Leo and the yeah. pictures. You you reckon that he deliberately puts out these... Oh, the, yeah. Leo is a spin master, like, so, you know, this is something, just to tell you how distasteful this is, right? We've got record numbers of uh, families with children attending those uh, soup and dinner runs um, run uh, up near the RDS, I think, in Dublin and elsewhere yeah. in the country look at, on Christmas Day. Look, look at the so, penny dinners here. Oh, penny dinners in Cork's a classic. I mean, run, uh, run off know, their the feet who, here. Run off their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these people, these people who run these organisations should be in government. Really, they should have a say in what happens. Yeah. I, I, you know, when it comes to representing people like Peter McFerry in Dublin, then you have penny dinners down here in Cork. But look at, you know, this was something that he did last Christmas. Um, when the figures come out on the record ne- uh, level uh, in numbers of uh, homelessness and so on, and now we have almost 3,700 roughly uh, children who are homeless, Irish children in this country. It's just, it's a disgrace, and it's all on his watch. But what does he do? He he spins this out to test the, the levels of public sentiment for himself. The weird you thing know, is, no, Seamus, no. and I'll, I'll go with you on, 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 on this to, to a certain extent, except he's not very good at it. Like he draws no, the, he it, draws the wrath of the food safety authority down on top of himself. 
<laughs> yeah, but this, but that is kind of indicative. He's an intelligent guy, obviously. I mean, he's a GP uh, qualified, yeah. but he, 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 this, I've seen this guy for years before he became Taoiseach. Um, when it came to you know the other legal issues that took place up in Dublin, like um, around the Docklands area, I won't go into it. Don't, don't land either of us in trouble. I here. won't. I won't. I won't. He, he has, he has basically orchestrated his track uh, masterfully uh, right to where he is now at the moment. But it's it. it Eventually, and it did in the in the in the, the south um, east Dublin area. It blew up against them now with the the by elections. James Gagan was one of their candidates, and Simon Coveney, who was up there, kind of canvassing for him, as well as Michal Martin. You know, somebody he said he never went to power with. They were up there canvassing for this guy, but you know the wealth the, the wealthy uh, 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 people down in Dublin based south who effectively run the country when it comes to businesses. They said no, and they put in their Labour candidate. So it's indicative of what's to come. Mm. But like, it, it's just Would I you find be a Labour so, man, Seamus. No, no. I just, I just think what. To be honest with you, I won't say, but I, I just think what's it's, it has to go down as one of the worst governments we've had in the history of the state. When you look at the state, every record has been broken, and it's all to the demise of the people that have been hardworking and living in this country mm. and really built the country. And they're being, you know, it's, if you don't care about it for yourself. Think about your children, they're going to be run out of the country based on their policy, you know, so we need a change. Well, 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 no, to be fair, to be fair on that one, like, but there's more people coming in than going out. Yeah, but, you know, more people coming in. When you look at what... And I don't mean, I don't mean immigrants, like, there's net, net migration to the country. Yeah, but, yeah, and what's happening to the country, I mean, look at the healthcare system. You know, look at look at the, whatever about jobs now. The housing and healthcare, some of the fundamentals in in any given society are just completely out of control, and they know mm. it too. Like, well, what's look at this? Is how detached? It's just indicative of how detached yeah. reality. And, this and guy you're is. All, this, is. all this reality going on, and the best he can do is put up a picture of his of his batch cooking or his batch preparation. Yeah, only two two day, two days after we saw family and RT describing their traumatized life living in a tent. Yeah, yeah. Despite yeah. being able to work in this country, yeah, you have this T-shirt, incumbent T-shirt that we have to endure now for another two years, unless the people stand up and call it an early general they election. Won't. And Seamus, Seamus, Seamus. There won't be an election, bud. And unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know how you see it. Let's get that into our heads. There isn't going to be an election in the next 12 months because none of them actually want one. None of them. They don't, no. They're they're sitting there. By the way, I include the opposition in that. They don't want one. Yeah, well... uh, well, you know, either either way, it's going to have to happen in, in a couple of years' time. But it'll happen, it'll happen on statement. time. It'll happen a year early. It'll probably happen in twenty twenty four. I would suspect be a year 2024, early. Twenty twenty four. Yeah. So basically, we have to endure. We have to endure two more years of this while they destroy the country. I know. You know? I know. But uh, I think it's very sad that we have a, an incumbent T-shirt and simply T-shirt posting up images, and he'll probably do it again at Christmas time. Yeah. And despite the fact that you know, does this guy or his PR team even think about the young children in this country? They're going through the trauma and the, the, the shame of homelessness um, through no fault of their own, watching their parents suffer, and they have to suffer as a result of their policy. And yet he'll post out images of his well-stocked fridge to the, to the nation, yeah. and somehow using TikTok and whatever other forms of social media to try and, and I put in quotes, connect with young people. Well, yeah. just, just to remind your young listeners out there when it comes to looking for a house, this same guy who's using social media to, to his so-called advantage told young people to leave the country, ask your, children, ask your parents' inheritance 
or uh, or um, move in with your parents. That's what that was his response. To I, 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 do, I do, I do, I do remember. I would, I wouldn't have the exact quote off the top of my head, but I do remember where you're going with that, Seamus. Cheers for the call. Do appreciate it. His point being that. Leo shares a picture of his fridge, his well-stocked fridge, on the same day as there's a family on RTE who are living in a tent. Uh, You'd have thought, though, that he would share the picture with a bit more. I mean, he is a doctor. The man's a doctor. He should know you don't leave cooked and uncooked together in the fridge. And people were saying on social media about Matt, you know, the husband, like... (laughs) coming home and thinking, come here to me. What are you doing? What are you trying to do to us? 0818 96 96 96. Casey and Ross were on this morning about tattoos. They were asking about the tattoos. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That, that people have. And uh, someone got in touch. Marie got in touch through WhatsApp. She has a serious tattoo. A really good tattoo. Will I? Will I go there? I will. I go to her first before I go to the the tuna, the break. Is it Marie? Morning. Hi, PJ. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> ah, from Paris. Been in Cork since 2014. Yeah, 2014 uh, September. Yeah. Okay. And did you come for work or what did you come for? Um, I came as an au pair okay. for the first um, for the first. Well, nine months I thought, and it just ended up being eight years somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you're, you've got a tell you have it here in front of me on a picture, and we put it up on our social as well on our Twitter. You have a picture of the map of Ireland and a heart on Cork. We stole your heart, did we? <laughs> you did. 
<laughs> Definitely, yeah. That's um, that's a tattoo I had in my mind for a, a good few years. Um, and yeah, I just asked a friend to kind of like design it, you know, and I just wanted something to represent cork in the tattoo. Um, and she came up with this and I waited four years to have it done. Uh, and then in February, I just decided to go for it. So yeah, I went to do it and the result is amazing. I really like it. It looks great. You come from one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So, so what drew you to our beautiful city? Well, I was born there. Uh, I was born in Paris, uh, and then I moved to the south of France with my parents. Um, and then I had my living cert when I was 18, and then um, my mom was kind of like, you have to do something now, because I didn't want to study anything. So she was like, look, I was an au pair when I was young. Just try and do this. Just choose a place and just go. And um, Cork, Middleton um, especially, yeah, was... Um, offered to me so I went and I was yeah no pair for three years in Middleton and Carrigaline and then I decided to move to the call center world right, <laughs> As, right. Yeah. yeah is au pair tough work being an au pair um, I think it depends on the family you have uh, I was really lucky I had a great a great family uh, the first family I have I'm still in touch with them um, they're in Middleton. They're absolutely amazing. Uh, Margaret and Donald, if they listen, I, I think they do actually. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it just depends. Uh, I think I got lucky, but I know a friend of mine, she was in a house where the people were just kind of treating her like a, a maid, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you need to be, yeah, lucky. Yeah, well, you were and you, you fell in love with the place and now you've yeah. a handy job at a call centre. And So is Cork is Cork home now, Marie, or will you...? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, every time I go back to my parents' house or in France, um, for me it's just I'm going to visit mm-hmm. my parents or my family and then, you know, if, if, I, if I spend like more than a week over there, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go home, you know, because home is... Is here now, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you've gone from La Marseillaise to the banks. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah. <laughs> Lovely speaking to you, Marie, and delighted yeah, you've made, you so made Cork your home. And that's a fabulous tattoo. We've shared the picture. That's Marie from Paris, was well, born in Paris, grew up in south of France, did her baccalaureate, as they call it, over there, and came over as an au pair in 2014 and stayed and loves it. And she's one of us now. Thanks. We've got a picture of the tattoo up on, on Twitter. And we're hearing a lot about au pairs too, that a lot of them, this is just a, a side thing that came up because she worked here as an au pair. A lot of 18-year-old and 19-year-old au pairs, they're having trouble getting into pubs and clubs across the, the city. Uh, a lot of the Germans in particular are quite young and the bouncers won't let them in. A lot of the au pairs, they get their night out or whatever night off they have in the week or I don't know how it works. Um, but they can't get into the pubs and clubs. I'm hearing quite a few complaints about that. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83 On Quartz 96FM. Now, it's something that we had during COVID for a while and then in the last few days with the energy crisis and all associated with it, the government finally gave in to opposition demands uh, and having checked 
with the Attorney General as to the constitutionality of it because you'd have to do that. You can't just do it. They checked with the Attorney General and they were told they can bring in a temporary evictions ban for the winter. So you can't be evicted from the 1st of November once all the legislation goes through. Uh, you can't be evicted during the winter period. So the ban will mean that landlords who want to sell on or live in the property that they're currently renting, they can still issue an eviction notice, but it can't take effect until April next year at the earliest. And then you have time even then. So if your landlord issues you with an eviction notice, shall we say, in December of this year, in the middle of the ban, nothing can happen until late spring of 2023, which which might sound like a good thing. And certainly the opposition was, it's what they wanted. They wanted an evictions ban, temporary at least. But Mark Rose of Rose Properties, you, you don't think the government should have done this. Morning. Hi, PJ. Um, your words there, you said it, it might sound like a good thing. Um, that's exactly it. Uh, we have a supply crisis. We need supply. We need in Cork hundreds, if not thousands of apartments and houses today or tomorrow and they're not there. What I'm worried about is that each time the government makes an intervention, is that going to give us more supply today or tomorrow? So if you tell a small-time investor, of which those are my clients, so I speak to them on a daily basis, if you tell them they can't set the rent on their own property, if you tell them they're not allowed to sell their property temporarily, but let's remember, VJ, the universal social charge was temporary, wasn't it? Uh, that's still there. So my clients are already thinking, even if this is temporary, when's the next one coming and that they're losing control of their property. And so at the first available opportunity, what are they going to do? Well, it's already happening. Like, so this has been talked about for a few weeks, um, not being allowed to give someone a notice to vacate. So there's already lots well, no, of my clients. You can give them a notice to vacate, Mark, but you just can't act on it until the spring of 2023. So you can't put someone out into the cold at Christmas with their children. That's that, where, where, where is that unfair? It's, it's not unfair. I'm, I'm not saying it's unfair at all. I'm saying, is this going to give us more or less supply going out over the next few months mm. and into the next year? So, like, just a, a figure, PJ, okay? So if you were lucky enough to be looking for a rental property back in 2009 on Daft, in the whole country there was 24,000 rental properties. That was enough for rents to be falling. Now we're down to, I think, 700 on the last Daft report. So we've lost, we're down to 3% of what we had. So when are people, like, I'm talking about the minister now. This Mm. conversation is directed to the minister. So... Is is your way working, Minister? Is this helping? We're down to 3% of what we had. It's dire, dire straits. It's awful. The doors on our office are locked because we can't take the influx of people. If you could see what I'm seeing on a daily basis, um, it's, it's pretty horrifying, to be honest. A lot of talk in recent times has been around the... You know, you you talk. You you represent small time people, people with one or two little properties, maybe three or four. You don't represent the guy with a thousand apartments or maybe ten or fifteen or twenty properties. You, you recommend. We hear tell Mark that the small timer, shall we say, is leaving the market and selling up because they can't hack it anymore. Is that true? 
It's already happening, PJ. It's already happening. So I have to ring. My job would be to ring people and say, look, the property owner, unfortunately, has decided to sell the property. Um, so you're right. I don't represent Kennedy, Wilson or Hines or any like of the REITs that have apartment blocks in Dublin and big blocks. None of those guys are affected by any of this legislation. So rent controls affect only small-time landlords. Can I give an example just for your listeners? Please, to try and, please Yeah. Please. Okay, let's say, um, so Mary and Joe Murphy, fictional couple, want to buy a property and rent it out. So they buy an apartment in Cork and they rent it out for €1,200 Euro a month, okay? Mm-hmm. So they have no interest in chasing a high rent. They're doing exactly what all of your listeners and me included 100% want them to do. Providing a property today or tomorrow, not in two years, Minister, uh, today or tomorrow, straight onto the market, an affordable house at €1,200 Euro a month. So a lucky family moves into that property, play the situation forward a few years. Unfortunately, Joe passes away, Mary finds herself in ill health, and she needs to sell that property, okay? Mm-hmm. The tenants have moved out by that stage, so the property goes straight onto the market. Let me tell you what happens next, PJ, right? This, I see this every single day. Investors come in to view that property, and we want them to buy that property and rent it out to keep it on the rental market. They're going to ask us two questions because of rent controls. The first question is, has this property been rented in the last two years? Yes, it has. Mm-hmm. It's vacant now. The tenants aren't there. They've moved out. The next question is, what was the last rent? €1,200 Euro a month. Are they going to buy that property? No, they're not. Tell why? Me why they're not, Mark. Why because, they? because they're locked at that rent. So rent controls in Ireland transfer from the old property owner to the new property owner, even if there's nobody living inside that property. So an investor has a choice. They, Mary and Joe did the right thing, okay? What all of us here in Cork wanted them to do. €1,200 Euro a month. Well done, Mary and Joe. So no investor will now buy that property. Why, PJ? Because they'll go around the corner, they'll buy a property that was rented at a higher rent, maybe 1600 or they'll buy a property that was never rented and they can set the rent themselves. So who loses out in that situation, right? I'm not saying leave Mary and Joe out of it for a second. It's the family looking for an affordable rent in that neighborhood are the people who lose out. The rent controls almost guarantee that the lowest rent properties in Cork will be lost to the rental market when they're sold. And those are exactly the properties being sold right now. So if you wanted to design a law to leak out the most affordable properties at the very time that we all need them the most, then well done. Stick with rent controls. The thing is, you won't find... Mark, I don't think you will. Thankfully, I'm in a position where I'm, you know, a, a homeowner. But you won't find anywhere for 1,200 quid, will you? Okay, here's another point, all right? So nobody in Ireland has any idea at the moment of what average rents are. If, you, if somebody says, oh, the daft report and rents, they're asking price of advertised rents. There is nothing to advertise at the moment. The RTB have no system to track rents in Ireland at the moment. There's 300-odd thousand tenancies in Ireland. It's only they've introduced a new system in April of this year, and by April of next year, 2023, will be the first time ever that anybody can say with any degree of accuracy what the rents are, the average rents are in Ireland. And I think, um, like we have rents at €700 a month, €900 a month, um, and we have... Yes, we do, 100%. And there are lots of low rents in Cork. They're not advertised. Those properties aren't available right now because those people are not going to move out and they'll never move out. 
because they have a, if, if they have a, a better situation. But yeah, nobody knows what the average rents are in Cork or Ireland. And so the the, 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 when, when we get a survey, like you say, Daft or any other survey, that's kind of cherry-picked information, is it? Yeah, remember what I just said. So we're down to 3% of advertised supply of what we had before. So if you're looking at the 3% as a sample for 300,000 tenancies, 300,000 plus tenancies in Ireland, you can obviously see why that isn't mm-hmm. uh, a reliable sample. So, so lastly, just to summarise again, Mark, you, you, the, the eviction ban has been welcomed by campaigners, obviously campaigners for the homeless, and, and it has merit of sorts. But you're prediction and you're in the market is it'll, it'll actually make things worse long term? If I thought that any of the measures that the Minister was talking about and bringing in would actually help vulnerable people today, tomorrow and in the next 12 months because what's going to happen? Temporary. The word is temporary so it, it either will be temporary or it won't. If it is temporary, what do I think is going to happen when that temporary period is over? I think I've made that point clear already and if it isn't temporary, like at the first available opportunity, my clients are looking to bail out. And I'm not looking for sympathy for them, or I'm not saying any of that, or me. Mm. I'm saying, who does that hurt, PJ? It hurts the most vulnerable people in society. So, like, you're, you're, you're giving me the simple economics of it, which, which I think we don't get a lot of, and I appreciate No, no, yeah. And I, if we can please, like, you know, a debate, just a, a de- I'm happy to talk to anybody but like, if we can keep it, to, is this going to increase supply in six months or 12 months or decrease it? Whether that's, okay, you're not allowed to set your own rent. We can see what that's done. Uh, you're not allowed to sell your property uh, now for a while. I think I know what's going to happen there. And there are opposition parties saying, next PJ, and this is important for your listeners to understand this, that you won't be allowed to sell your property to certain people. So Sinn Féin are saying if they are elected after the next general election and if you have tenants in a property, you won't be allowed to sell that property to a first-time buyer or an owner-occupier. Well, the first thing I'd say is... is now, where's that written down? Um, so it's in their... They have made that clear uh, in their manifesto. Okay. So if you have a rental property and if they are elected after the next general election, you will only be allowed to sell that property to an investor unless the tenant chooses to leave of their own accord. So... First of all, I wonder how they explain that to first-time buyers and owner-occupiers who might want to buy those properties. Like, so remember what you said, PJ. Sounds good, but is that actually going to help? That's the question. I'll let your, your listeners um, give their own thoughts on it. You know what? It's always good to strip these things back to basic mm. economics and, 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 and figures because the figures, whatever about politicians on any side of the house, Politicians will say what they want, but figures can't lie. Mark, thank you. Mark Rose of Rose Properties. Your your thoughts on that? Look, the eviction ban is popular. People are saying it's a good thing. It was the right thing to do. It it gives people some security that they won't get turfed out. And thankfully, I won't. I I guess I won't have anybody on the phone here three days before Christmas saying that they are downtown with their hands hanging to them because their landlord has chucked them out. That's a relief in itself. And Mark is saying that is, of course, a relief. But long term, it doesn't deliver any new supply. And in fact, Mark Rose, who works in property, Rose Properties, says actually what it does is it tightens up supply even more.
Thank you, Mark. 0818969696. Total change of subject. Would you like to bring your dog to work? I have two idiots. Would they sit quietly in the corner of the studio here and behave themselves for three hours while I'm on the air? I think they probably would, unless someone arrived at the door that they knew, in which case they would tear the place down and create total mayhem. Donald Cahalan from uh, Republic of Work. You you do. You bring your, your, your dog to work, do you? Morning. Morning. How are you, Peter? How are you? Um, you, you bring do, your dog to work? I do, and I actually uh, I commute with my dog as well. And I actually currently uh, work a lot out of uh, an appropriately titled space, Dog Patch Labs in Dublin, that nice. has nothing to do with dogs. Doesn't and it? Kaylee will come up. Well, no, we're, we're actually, we're the, Dog Patch Labs is the Dublin equivalent of Republic of Work. It's a space for <laughs> start-up businesses. Fair enough, fair um, enough. Yeah, I, I, there's a, there is a, a famous legend in the day that when it opened, first of all, people thought it was a doggy daycare. But um, I will literally, I will put Kaylee into the car with me and she will, she will come up to Dublin with me and she will sit here in, in the office, uh, calm out. I mean, I mean, look... I'm looking, at is, I'm looking at her here. She's a beauty. Yeah. <laughs> she nearly answered the phone for you, I'd say, if you let her. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I always feel like I should preface this conversation now for your listeners by saying that I am one of the blessed recipients of um, an adopted dog from the Irish Guard Dogs Association. So I got Kaylee when she was two years of age. Uh, we, we don't like to say she failed her training. We like to say that she was... Um, she was built for better things. Um, destined, so when I, destined when I got for another career, as it were. Destined, destined for another career, yeah. But um, so look, I was blessed. I mean, I, I got, you know, and you, you've 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 experienced throughout your your life enough of, about the Irish guide dogs. But like, I got this beautiful dog who was trained to within an inch of her life, and of course, obviously because of the way they're trained in the guide dogs, she uh, she responds to commands and she behaves herself in public mm-hmm. and she loves people. So I won't claim that uh, Kaylee is the Kaylee. Kaylee is probably one end of the scale, and as oh, you yeah. mentioned, your, your two could be on the other end of the scale, depending on who's in the building. You know. Yeah, I mean, they'd sit here with me all morning, and once I throw them the odd biscuit, they'll be happy. Do you know, they'll be grand. But if someone <laughs> they knows sure. comes in the door, they'll tear it down. They, yeah. One of the, my little King Charles at least may decide that the corner is very attractive place to go to the toilet. You know, you know, it's it's just. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have a smelly studio. Do you know what I mean? But I would still love it. Fifty-six percent of people yeah. would like to be able to bring their pet to work if it was allowed. You yeah. surprised at that figure? I think I'm. I'm actually not because I mean, I mean, I suppose like I remember in the early days uh, when I used to bring her into Republic of Work every day. I remember after about six or seven months, I came in one day and. Uh, you know, she had a little a little office in the corner of 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 the of the room. Um, she had a little office in the corner of the room. Yeah, and um, what used to happen was uh, that that I came in one day and over her over her her uh, travel crate, there was like a roster or a schedule or something. And I was like, I asked the gang in work. I said, like, what's this? And they're like. Oh, well, look, we were tired of arguing over who got to take her for a walk at lunchtime. So we basically did up a roster for who in Republic of Work got to take her for her lunchtime walk. So, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't complaining about that. I think, I think, look, I mean, look, when you say pets to work, I mean, I, I don't think anybody, like, I grew, up in a, I grew up in a cat family. 
Yeah. I don't think anybody is talking about bringing their cats to work, you know. No. Uh, cats are, are, you know, independent creatures, we call them. <laughs> but I mean, there is something. Everybody knows that dogs in particular... Right. You know, they're 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 kind of a god help. They're kind of a god help you. They they love their owners and they have a calm about them. Oh yeah. And I, I just find myself that like, you know, it's it, it's that like it's it's just having her under the desk, having her like I, I, as the chaos of the work day goes on, she kind of she grabs just enough of my attention to kind of to kind of keep me leveled, if you know what I mean. Tell, <laughs> tell me this, DC, and tell me yeah. no more. You've been yeah. on the phone. There's been a terrible. Egypt on the end of the phone wearing your ear away for 20 minutes you finally get out of the phone call you look over to Kaylee and it's almost as if she heard every word and she looks at it and goes it'll be oh, yeah. alright it'll be alright it'll be alright that's exactly that, you know what Peter that's exactly it like they are um, like I find that myself that especially you know as we all know now in the, in the era of Zoom calls and all this sort of stuff like there had been times where I'd been on particularly heated Zoom calls <laughs> and uh, the next thing, like, I'll, I'll have my hands under the desk, of course, and the next thing, like, you'll feel and somebody should be licking my hand, if you know what I mean, <laughs> kind of going, I know now whoever's on that call there is kind of shouting at you, like, so I'm, ju- I'm just letting you know that I'm here, you know. <laughs> it's great, and uh, Donald, thanks. Uh, DC Callan, of course, from Ace, uh, with, with them. What's he called again? Dog Patch? In in Dublin. And, and of course, it's formerly of Republic of Work. Thank you, Donald. And Kaylee. What a gorgeous dog. I think we have we that picture up of Kaylee. 0818 96 96 96. Quick one for you. The Premier League live back this weekend uh, with Trevor and the team. Powered by Talk Sports Saturday from midday. Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool, half 12. Manchester City versus Brighton at 3. And Chelsea v Man U at half 5. Premier League Live Online, brought to you by Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or at 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. That list of what your everyday appliances are costing you if you're an Energia customer on full rate uh, we put that up on our Twitter a little while back because people were asking to see the list uh, I read some of them out in the first hour I'll, I'll, I'll do them again in a minute in case you missed it um, few people also wanted to comment on it uh, my prepay meet, meter Jimmy says main supplier 3 euro a day which is pretty good Jimmy but Emma was on she says it takes me about 5 hours a day to dry my 3 small kids hair so I doubt it's cheap to use the hair dryer in our house they jump around all over the place I hate bath time says Emma let me try and find that quickly the hair dryer Emma according to this list the hair dryer is 75 cents an hour so <laughs> if you five hours a day help us woman yeah that's about 4.25 a day just drying the children's hair let them run around in towels will you because you're costing yourself a fortune Emma thanks and on the air fryer, this list reveals that an air fryer uses electricity at the same rate as an electric oven. Because your air fryer is 56 cents an hour and your oven is 58 cents. 
an hour. Uh, someone says, well, that's because the air fryer cooks about four times faster, which is why it's cheaper. Uh, microwave and air fryer, much better when it comes to electricity. Well, the microwave is dirt cheap. The microwave, according to this list, is about one cent per minute on, on full power to reheat your dinner. I'll come back to some more of those uh, on the list of how much your appliances are costing you per day if you're paying full whack with energy at the moment. 0818 96 96 96, talking to DC before 11. Uh, but Kaylee, his dog who comes to work with him, uh, Katie has Urban Design Studio in Ballincollig. You three dogs in the office, Katie. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Three dogs. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. They're my own three, but like combined through the office is probably about nine dogs altogether. Now, none of them have ever come in all at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have. I bring in my own dogs, and um, so we just found kind of post COVID and stuff like that. Obviously, our dogs like used to having us at home. Yes. And then. We had ado- adopted one over COVID ourselves um, and she needed a lot of help and she settled in brilliantly now. Um, so when we came back post-COVID, then it was just like it was nice to have the option where people just could just bring in their dogs. They didn't have to worry if they had an operation or they were sick or anything that they could bring the dogs in with them, you know. And we what, love what, having what, them in What here. kind of dogs do you have, Katie? I have a cockapoo. I have a... Bijan Cavalier mix and oh, then I have another Cavishan. one. They're all yeah, they're all they're all of the same kind of an oh. ilk. I've one brown, one white, and one black. Oh, the Cavapoo. <laughs> Your yeah. cockapoo. Yeah. Uh, Cavapoo. Oh, and, and a poo then as well. A Cavapoo. Yeah. I've only ever seen one of them. They're gorgeous little things. Yeah, Did yeah, they are amazing. Yeah, oh they're amazing. God. They're amazing to have in around the office. They, and they just cheer everyone up, you know? They do, they do, they do. But like, do you have a toilet for them and things like that? Well, again, a bit like Donal. Like, we, like everyone's like, oh, I'll walk the dogs today. I'll get out of the office. And it's great just to just walk around the block, just get a little bit of fresh air in, you know what I mean? Mm. And just, like, have that atmosphere in the office, like, of just, you know, something else, mm. you know? And like, even like our customers bring their dogs in. Like if they're passing, they'll call in, get their picture taken with their dog and everything. Yeah. Do you know the way you had All ruffle, dogs are welcome. You can have a difficult meeting or a cranky client. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you turn around there and the dog is looking up going, it's all right. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, um, they're always there for us. They're <laughs> always there for us. And they can they can break an atmosphere as well. Oh, yeah. So, in, 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 you know what I mean? Like, so they can soften a tough client too, mm. which is good. It's funny. Isn't it? <laughs> the wife came in one evening recently from work and, and she just about had it after she had a call at work, just gone out the door yeah. and she came home and steam coming out the two ears like, yeah. and the dog and just looked up and says, doesn't matter, does it? Just can't. And she looks over into the best and goes, I get it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? yeah they're, absolutely. They're great all, at that. They're great at that. Yeah. And it, like, it's a game changer as well. Like, for, you know, it's great. Like, I, I'm an, an employer and like people, you know, we bring our dogs in, our employees bring their dogs in. As I said, our customers come in, they're welcome to bring their dogs as well. But I just think it's brilliant. Like, even for the point of view of the rescues. If it's a possibility for people to bring their dogs into the office, then it's much more likely that we can rescue more dogs as well. That's true. You know, which is a huge positive effect. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Is it hygienic, though? I guess it's a fair question. I suppose, look, with 
with the dogs. Dogs are dogs, you know. So, like, yeah, you're going to have little accidents or whatever. But, I mean, you're hygienic about how you clean it up then as well, you know. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, we, like, we're out for 11s, we'll bring them for a walk and then we'll break for lunch and out for a walk. And then I usually finish at three, so I bring them home. Yeah. What about a client then who mightn't be too handy about dogs? I mean, like just Emer here outside the glass. Emer would not dislike dogs, but, you know, keep them in their own distance. Yeah. And that's what we try to do. Do you know what I mean? We'd always try to kind of keep them within a, a safe distance. Now they'd be quiet enough. You know what I mean? Um, they might bark a little bit if someone comes in or whatever. But like we'd always like scoot them into the office if there's a problem or anything mm. like that. But most people, we haven't had any adverse reaction, to yeah. be quite honest. Nothing at all. I think it's it's, it's, it's unusual. It's, it's a novelty to see a dog in a workplace. Katie, thanks. Mm. Continued success to Urban Design Studio in Ballincollig, where they bring their dogs to work every day. D, warning. Hello, PJ, I, how are you? You're very lucky. You bring your dog to work every day because it's a grooming business. Well, I've retired two years now. I had to give up due to work uh, um, illness. Right. But she used to come to work with me every single day and she used to sit up on the cage inside the door. <laughs> so when anyone came in, the head popped up. <laughs> She's like our customer service. <laughs> Is that her there? Oh, there's yeah. a little dog here there's a, a, on a cushion. Is that her? Yeah. Up on top of the cage. That's gas. That's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> and then there was a girl who started working for me and her dog used to come in and the two of them sat up there all day, got it up. <laughs> and you wouldn't get away with any nonsense around that little one there? Oh, no. No, no. Oh, there's a, there's an eye. There's a look out of that eye that says, cop yourself on. Oh, that picture. <laughs> I should always give you that look when you were doing something you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put we'll put that picture up on Twitter. That's a that's a lovely she, picture actually. That's unfortunately I lost her in March. Ah, oh, did you? I did. And I was broken hearted. It does break your heart. I, you know oh what? It's God. it's funny you've gone there with this D because so many people nowadays, you know, if if the dog dies or even a cat, but particularly a dog, yeah. you know, they put it up on Twitter and people go, oh, "It's just a dog." Anyone who says it's oh, just a dog has never had a dog. Have one. But I they've never, never had, had one. one. I should never have one, yes. They've never had one if they, oh, if they no. don't see what, what was I've it? What seen was in the 10 years I worked, I'm telling you. What was, her, what was her name? What was her name? Poppy. 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 Yeah. She, she, I'd say she's she a rescue little, dog. Little personality, all of her own. <laughs> there was a guy putting line down in my bathroom one day and she was sitting at the bottom of the stairs and he called me out and said, Excuse me, is she winking at me? <laughs> I said no. She only has one eye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to see the eye. She's gone. She lost her eye a few years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, you, you see the picture, and we'll put the picture up on Twitter. That's a lovely picture. Yeah. She's gorgeous. She's a little pet. Uh, yeah, they're great, and you always miss them. Well, it's funny. You know, we had a little fella. We had a fella. He was a he was a, um, a cavalier, a three color cavalier called Herbie, and we got him when he was eight weeks old oh. and he lived to be nearly 13 oh my yeah she was 13 and he's gone went. since 2011 and I still oh. Oh, yeah. at, at night sitting watching the television and I, do you know what I miss he used to snore <laughs> <laughs> well I miss her because she used to sleep on top of the bed every yeah. night next to me yeah. Yeah. but um, it helped I, there was a lady in Dublin made homeless and mm. They put her into a refuge and she didn't, they wouldn't let her have her dog. I know. So I fostered her for four months. I see. Until she got settled That's and really helped me. Yeah. 
easier. It does. It does. Well, you know, there's a, 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 there was a wise old vet. Uh, he's no longer with us now. He was a man in Carrigaline years ago, and um, one of our dogs died. And and he said, you know that you know that pain you have right now. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. He said, that's a little piece that they heart. took out of your heart. And do you know why they took it? To remember your smell. Oh, yeah. I wasn't worth tuppence getting into the car. <laughs> <laughs> I was not worth tuppence. Now I'm looking up at her ashes. I, I had her ashes? Did you do that, yeah? I have it. I opened the mantelpiece. And I won, years ago, I won um, um, an oil painting of her. Right. So that's up, be- that's up behind us. <laughs> oh, it's fab. Yeah, we have a thing, actually, a couple of years ago, we gave it to my daughter for Christmas. Um, there's, there's a company up the country, and if you take a picture with your dog, yeah. they'll, they'll turn it into a into a, a painting. It's an amazing thing. I actually just got one done of her in Sam Macaulay's on a canvas. Right. A picture on a canvas is stunning. Brilliant. Absolutely. Fantastic. Listen, she, she was no doubt a beautiful little dog. I'm looking at her she picture was. there. Dee, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. No, and I, hope I hope your health is all right now. Yeah, not too bad, but I won't ever groom again, unfortunately. <laughs> Good for you. I miss it, but... I know. Physically, I couldn't yeah. do it anymore. Okay, they're just asking me here again. It was Poppy. Poppy was her name. I know. Ah, listen, I have, one, I have a fella, my, my fella, Harry. He's a most... Oh. Anno- he's an awful knickers of a dog. Like, he gets in, <laughs> he gets in under the table and cries and he won't come out. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> have to climb under and drag him out. <laughs> I know, Dee, thanks, thanks. Lovely memories of Poppy. Um, Poppy was the dog, lads. They were putting the picture up on, on Twitter. Yeah, people getting their dogs cremated and stuff like that now. But no, it's it, and just something that came up there. Poppy died a little while back. And if anyone ever says, and I'll, I'll, I'll happily perish on this rock, anyone who ever says to you, it was just a dog. They've never had one. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Oh, am I in trouble? Am I in trouble on line one? Adam, air fryers, same price as an electric oven. You don't agree? Morning. Morning, Hotting. Good. You don't agree with me? No, I don't. Go on, tell me. Um, certain things might take a couple of hours in an oven, whereas an air fryer would take five to five minutes to an hour. Right. In my opinion. Like what kind of things would you put into an air fryer now? Um, you could put a full chicken, depending on the size of the air fryer. Right. And how long will I... Okay, let's... Uh, okay, I actually cooked a full chicken the other night at home now. And it was, I think, an hour and... An hour and 35 in the oven, taking it to a small chicken. Like, an hour and 35 in the oven to be done to a tea. How long would a small chicken take in the air fryer? Um, about five to five minutes to really? an hour, depending on the size, yeah. And would it crisp? Um, it would actually, it would crisp, but it wouldn't burn. Very nice. Yeah. So, so in other words, it's it might be the same price per hour in terms of using the electricity, but you do it for less time. Yeah, less time. That's gotcha. gotcha. your 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 mother was was clever in telling you how to save money, was she? She was, yeah. To be fair, for <laughs> fair play. Right, Adam. Thanks, mate. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Tim was on saying after Tim Brosnan and after PJ's outline of the cost of cooking, I guess all ready to go meals that require thirty minutes at gas four, they should be reformulated to microwave ready that require three or four minutes. So for all food preparation operators, make them micro friendly. We all have to change things up. The energy crisis. Well, you know those ones that you get, Tim. In Centra or or Duns or Tesco's have them 
the other reason I mentioned Centra is that, that, that down near me they have a big range and we get a bit of bacon and cabbage or a beef or whatever and they they you can put them in the oven for 25 minutes or you can nuke it for four I'm I'm probably going against the whole saving energy argument now but I don't know I don't know are they the same and I'm just going to put that out there if anybody agrees or disagrees with me like take it something like a bacon and cabbage dinner from the from the garage from any one of the any one of the places take the bacon and cabbage dinner put it on a plate and stick it in the nuke for what is it four and a half five minutes it'll be grand it's it's nice it's perfectly okay or pierce the top of the carton and stick it in the oven for what is it 25 minutes on gas three or whatever there's a difference there's a bit of a difference or is that just me Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork. 96 FM. There's a dog comes into work at the baby shop. Uh, Ted, they're telling me here from the baby shop. Ted comes to work with Katie every day. Uh, you know what? Let's just reach out for that. If you have a dog that comes to work, or if you're in a place where the dog comes to work, let us know. We'll give you a, a free mensch today or tomorrow, just to finish out the week to be nice. I'd love to be able to bring my two in here, but the two terrible idiots. 0818 96 96 96. Now, there was lots of people did choir remotely during lockdown, and a lot of people did music remotely during lockdown. But there's a choir has been going for a long time now at CUH, and I had no idea that they were going as long as they are. In fact, I didn't even know they existed until I read about them on Yay Cork. Tripendrasheen, actually. Yay, Tripendrasheen had this up. Ellie had a story about this in Tripendrasheen. They call themselves Scrubs, which is appropriate enough for a hospital. We have a quick blast of what they sound like. These are all people working in or around CUH from all different disciplines and departments and everything. Olive Long and Terry Kiley. That's that's lovely. Good morning, PJ. Hi. It is. It is. And actually, when I listen to it there, it, it sounds a lot better than I remember it. It's lovely, <laughs> yeah. And of course, the message is lean on me. That's right, Olive and, yeah. and, and Terry. Hello, Terry. I'm here, PJ. How are you job. doing? So, yeah. so you're both part of this choir. It's a big group. How did it get together, Olive? Maybe tell me the history of Scrubs. Well, actually, Terry was the founder member, so I'll let Terry do the Drive talking. On, Terry, yeah. Yeah, so in 2015, PJ, you might remember the likes of Gareth Malone and David Brophy and people like that were setting up choirs around the place, and uh, so that inspired us. Yeah. And the maternity hospital had their own choir going, the ultrasound, and they were entering the workplace choir competition. So ourselves in the main hospital decided that that would be something we'd like to try as well. 
So we put out an invite uh, to people to see if it was any interest, and we were overwhelmed with the response. I think there about 60 people signed up for it. So we entered just to go into the workplace choir competition, and uh, we got to the final of it at our first season, and we were thrilled to bits. Mm. And uh, we asked people, would they like to keep it going after that? And there was almost unanimous interest in keeping it going, and we're going since. Obviously disrupted by COVID for a couple of years, but we're back in action starting yeah. the season and uh, going very well again, thankfully. Now you're both retirees, Terry, and, and, and you, Olive, you're, uh, I think, Director of Midwifery in your time, but a lot of young staff have come forward to join us, Olive. Yeah, um, yes, I suppose we'd prefer if there were more, because a lot of us are retirees now, those of us that joined, we'll say, we're in our seventh, we're in our eighth year now, actually. Um, so I suppose we, we would love to, to pass it on, you know, to pass on the baton. We would like to see more younger staff coming on. But I do understand that, um, you know, there's work-life balance and there's shift work, I think, affects it as well. You know, people yeah. people just can't commit and they, they'd love to do it. And, yeah. you know, you talk to so many people and say, would you, would you be interested in joining the choir? I'd love to do it, but the shift work, you know. I know. Is a bit of a killer. And the only, the only standard is you work at the hospital. That's the only criteria. Or you did. Yes, I suppose there is there there is a little bit of uh, flexibility there in that I suppose a connection with somebody working in the hospital, because we have to be practical as well. We do need, you know, we need sopranos, we need altos, we need we need a lot of men, and, we, and we're very short of men as well. So sometimes there is, we have a constitution written up um, and there is a little bit of flexibility in it um, that you don't necessarily need to be working in CUH or CUMH, but you probably need a connection, you know. But I suppose at this stage, you know, we do need men, we need bases and tenors and, um, you know, I suppose we would would be... I suppose a decision like that would go to the committee, you know, but... uh, I suppose we don't rely always on people who work in the hospital, know, you know. Ellie wrote that lovely piece in, in Tripe and Drasheen. We've put that up on our Twitter now so people can read a bit more about Scrubs. But Terry, did, what's this? Did you go for Britain's Got Talent? So we did, PJ. Um, they came across us, uh, one of our website. We have a website and we have some appearances up on that. And they came across us and they came over to us and asked us uh, would we be interested. So we said we would. So they sat in at our rehearsals for a couple of times and then uh, they got, we got the invite to go to Birmingham and we sang over there in front of Simon and the other three judges and we got our four yeses. We were chilled a bit. Right. But uh, there, a lot of people got yeses, so we didn't actually make the, the live television performances in the end. But there's, the a second set of, there's a second set of auditions after that. There is. Hey, listen, you can put it down anywhere you want. You got four yeses on Britain's Got Talent. That's right. <laughs> yes, from Simon. <laughs> yes, from Fantastic Simon. Like, it's not and they were, yeah. yeah, and they were fabulous. We had a great day over there. Yeah, brilliant. Simon was very charming. He was lovely. Yeah, he comes across. You always hear, oh, he's Mister Nasty, but he's not really, is he? Oh, he was lovely. No, they were fabulous. We had a great. We met Anton Dick. We had a great day over there. Oh, you had a great day. Fantastic. <laughs> you might try it again sometime. So, nice. <laughs> did you have to cool it during COVID? Were you able to do anything online, Terry? So we did have to, uh, COVID broke in March uh, 2020. I think we were in the middle of rehearsal when the first uh, outbreak came. So we adjourned then. And um, we picked it up on Zoom for the following season, PJ. But uh, the ladies were better at it than the men, I'm afraid. And the ladies kind of kept it going right through. Um, Patrick Dalton, our music director, who is the inspiration to us all. He's absolutely fantastic in driving the square. 
he did all the doom sessions with the individual sections. So uh, we did kind of 18 months on Zoom and we were probably at the end of our tether with Zoom at that stage. I think everybody was, was, to be fair. It was great to get back to live rehearsals at the start of the season and people's enthusiasm that we still wear our masks at rehearsals even that we're in a hospital setting. Sure, sure, sure. We just have to live with that for another while but uh, it's so great to be back and we have about 40 people attending rehearsal last Tuesday to show the level of interest. That's lovely, that's lovely. Listen, continued success with Scrubs, the CUH hospital. Were any performances coming up that we might be able to note? Yeah, Our we usual have, repertoire. Um, Sorry. Uh, we, we do the Fesh, Matthew, normally at the start of February, and we do the Choral Festival. We're usually seen in the atrium in the, the afternoon there, and that's a very enjoyable session. Um, we'll be doing inter-choir nights with other choirs in November. Brilliant. And uh, we'll be doing carol service in the church. So we keep you posted on, on what's coming up, PJ. You're more welcome the, the, the carol, I think a carol service would be lovely. What church would you do it in, Olive? Well, we always do it in CUH anyway. Um, and we have done one in uh, Wilson, you know, the SMA in Wilson. I do. I do. Oh, let so, me know when that's on. I'd love to go to that. Lovely. We will, of course, PJ. And thanks very much. No, deli- Thank you for having us on. Thank delighted, you. delighted, Tr- thrilled. That's blow all. our trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Olive and Terry, Olive Long and uh, Terry Kiley, founder members uh, and continuing members of Scrubs, the CUH choir. We all need somebody. Who got four stars and four yeses, rather, on Britain's Got Talent. Well done, lads. Continued success. We've put that article from Tripundrasheen up on our Twitter now. Speaking with of hospitals and staying with hospitals for just a tick, all across Cork City and County this Friday, some mercy heroes will be accepting their mission to raise vital funds to support the Mercy Hospital Foundation and specifically their Poons service, which is a brilliant service. It allows children who have cancer to be treated in their own homes. And we've talked to the Poons nurses and the people at the foundation over the years about it and how brilliant it is. A Poons nurse literally goes to the house so that the young person doesn't have to worry about having to come into hospital. It covers Yall to Bantry, Mitchellstown to Kinsale and children have access to it regardless of where they live and it's developed over the years and Mercy Local Heroes, Mercy Heroes uh, is this Friday. There'll be coffee mornings and dress up days and dress down days and street connections so you have your chance as well to become a Mercy Hero. And you can find out more. Just go to mercyfundraising.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. I don't know how many listeners are considering, if they're coming up to change in their car, considering electric or hybrid or whatever, but definitely electric. Are you considering electric. It would appear that more and more people are, and certainly the industry tells us that more and more people are looking at the electric option. And yes, it is expensive. That is the problem. And also, there's not really enough charge out there, and we need more. Brendan Keary of Keary's Motors joins me. Brendan, just on that first one, you've been saying we need more uh, charging infrastructure. Are more people coming to you now and saying, Brendan, I'm looking for a new car for 2023. I'm looking at going electric. Morning. 
Morning, PJ here. Thanks. Yeah, I suppose, you know, what, what you're asking me, there are more people coming and saying electric. Yeah, 100%. I was just looking at our pre-orders for next year and uh, over 40% of the sales for next year are electric. Really? Uh, it would be much higher if we could actually get um, the level of electrics that is out there for the demand at the moment. So, um, you know, it's just trying to keep up with demand is the problem on electric. The price the of them is, is high. Is it is it starting to come down a little? No. It's starting to come down, definitely. I think you have some new entrants coming into the model, you know, coming in. I know Dacia, one of our brands we have next year, will have an electric for under 20 grand, um, you know, with a range of 180 kilometers. Um, so the price is high. That will come down in the next few years, is sure. my opinion anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's definitely a good range there at the moment. Now, the charging infrastructure, like if I yes. start running out of petrol on my way home to, to Cork from West Cork, I can, within 10 miles, I'll find a garage. And 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 yep. I'll be able to get a, a drop of petrol or diesel. It's not that easy yet with electric, is it? No, definitely not. Like you know, like anyone who's buying a car, we advise them to have the home charger at home. You know, so that they know that they're fairly covered for their daily journeys. But if they're doing a longer journey, then if you look at in Ireland, there's thirteen hundred and fifty charges that the SBA worked hard to get working. Um, but the problem is that there was fifteen thousand electric cars sold this year. So when you put that into consideration, you add a few more years, they really have to keep going, you know, at producing a lot more chargers. Well, again, like if I go to the garage, if I go down to my local garage and and I want to put in a a drop of petrol, even if it's busy, like wait, what, three, four, five minutes, I'll get a pump. Exactly. But there might be two chargers and they're both tied up and I don't really have 20 minutes for coffee and a bun to wait. Exactly. And then another 20 minutes. So we need more of those. Oh, I agree totally. Like, you know, definitely, PJ, I agree with you. There needs to be more chargers. But I, I think, you know, when people change over to electric, it is a very different, you know, you, you plan your journeys better. You try and use your your, your trips at home because obviously it's cheaper to charge your car at home as well. So there's a cost implication as well. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, what we're seeing is the really good ones like the Ionity chargers. Um, they're only on, let's say, in Cashel and then in, in Kill if you're going on a trip to Dublin. It'd be great to see more of the fast chargers. For one of those, you can probably get to 80% of battery charge within 20 minutes which nice. is great to see we see a lot of our manufacturers doing deals with the companies with ESB with Ionity to bring down the cost of charging they subsidise it slightly which is great to see as well yeah. like to charge take something now take one of your brands like take take the Renault take the Zoe that's their little okay. model electric model from flat to full plugged in at home how mm. much is that going to cost me I, I, to be honest, I don't have figures off the top of my head, uh, PJ. Like you know, I need to check. It, but, like you know, it just if it, it, it needs to check on the. Um, it just depends really on the electricity charges, the time of day. There's so many variables. Right. I just I, I don't want to try to figure. Be honest. Put, put it this you know, way: it would cost me less than filling an empty oh, tank. Oh, like you know, you're talking an absolute quarter to you know a, a fifth probably of the price. Yeah. You know, so it is definitely a more cost-effective way. You do pay more for um, you pay more first day for the car, but the cost of running is far cheaper. Yeah, far, far cheaper. Yeah, that everyone seems to say that to me. And range anxiety, like the ranges are improving, but it's still out there. Oh, range anxiety is a huge thing. Like, you know, um, my father, for example, I know he's driving to Dublin today. He's gone fully electric, you know, so he, he'll stop in Cashel. He just tailors his journey differently. He's going to Waterville tomorrow. So, like, you know, you have to. it's all about tailoring your journey. You drive in a different style. You don't drive as fast because, you know, in certain areas that if you're braking, you get extra kilometers. So let's say if you're doing country roads, you're going to get a lot more range that way. Um, so range anxiety is a thing. But a lot of people are just more prepared. In an electric car, you're more prepared. You know exactly. Exactly, you've planned your journey beforehand. 
yeah. The, the, the thing about breaking on a country road is, mm. is, is that sort of the... the that's that helping charge. charge. So that, that helps charge. So that's helping charge the, the range. So your does range that work on extends. a full electric as well, Brendan? I thought that, I know that the works in hybrid, but does it work in a you full electric? No, on, on full electric, you know, if you're, obviously you're not going to be going as fast on country roads as well. So it's a lot to do with that. So, um, you know, like if you're, if you're not doing, you know, um, the motorway driving or things like that, your range is going to be much better. And it does regenerate a bit as well. It definitely regenerates when you're braking. Yeah, okay, okay. Because I've seen it. I have a buddy who drives a hybrid and he was showing me this yeah. one day. Uh, about how the braking works and you can see it on, on, on the screen although people would worry too about braking down on a country road do you know? of course that, that's the same with any car I suppose do that kind of way, like if you break down you could break down a country road once you know your journey and things like that it, it is you know it, it is a totally different way of thinking it's not what we're used to but people are just adapting mm. and so many of the customers who we've sold cars to over the last year have just they love them they'll never go back you know yeah. a lot of people never go back and it's just we're, we're trying to get used to it as well it's totally different questions we have to answer yes. you know a lot of us have taken the switch to, to electric now as well and uh, it's just it's a different it's a different way of driving completely yeah it, it's probably going to be harder on the car in the winter the one thing I've read or maybe maybe this has changed because mm. it changes so much like electric car is absolutely fine but in the in the, in the dead of winter when it's free, freezing cold and it's pitch black mm. you're going to be using lights you're going to be using the heater. Does that, of course, does that suck the life out of your battery? Uh, you, no, like I, I, I know I, I've read, you know, I heard where you read that. I, you know, I've seen people mention that, but you know, you're probably talking. Let's say if it's a 400 kilometer range on the car, you're probably talking 20 kilometers less. I see. It, it isn't that much. You know, it, it isn't really that big a thing. You know, but I, I have heard that out there. The great, one thing about uh, the cars as well. Um, they're serviced around 20, there's a lot less parts in them, so they're serviced, the servicing costs are around 25% less in the electric car as well. I see, I see. Yeah. But, but definitely there is a move, there is a move, and if you can get more, you could sell more. Oh, like last year, we sold out of the Ionic 5, which is an incredible car, the Hyundai. Um, we sold out of those in March last year. Um, you know, we're, mm. we now have plenty coming in um, this year, thank God. Nissan Leaf sold out in April this year. Uh, BMW i4, you know, it's just, there's waiting lists for every electric car pretty much, you know, in all brands at the moment. Definitely. And the demand is absolutely huge. People are definitely giving it a go. One last one, make, uh, make yep. us called to say, when an electric battery dies... How much is a new one? Because that is something I've heard about, Brendan. And again, it was a year or two ago now since I was talking to someone that the battery, like your battery can just die or the battery casing and you can open massive repair bills. Like the battery is the most expensive part of the car. De- definitely agree with you. Like it obviously is an expensive thing. Be- being honest, we've had you know it's it's too early to tell. We we see no issues. All of them are under warranty at the moment. So like you know anything that's under warranty will be covered by the manufacturer. You know for five to seven years um, is what we're seeing at the moment. But you know to replace the battery you know we, we just there's been absolutely no examples of it so far PJ like you know and we're selling electric cars since 2013 uh, when we started selling Renaults at first Excellent. and it just hasn't been an issue do you okay. way, it just okay. hasn't it, been it, an issue for us it, things, things, things are moving in the electric car game thank you Brendan Brendan Keary of, uh, of Keary's um, selling a number of brands um, and there are more and more electrics and he could sell he could sell more electrics if he could get more electrics 0818969696 which is grand around the city and county I still have this thing I just I, I, I and of course the people the environmental lobby will always say to you no hybrid isn't the right way to go I think I'd still be much happier in a hybrid at least you can be sure
that the thing is going to get you home. Do you know? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Leo's lunchbox is still attracting attracting attention. Uh, Bernie says that man you done earlier about Leo was great. Uh, the Irish people shouldn't be afraid to speak up more often on politicians. I'm not happy in particular about us supplying weapons both from our stock and from manufacturers here to Ukraine. We've always been neutral and it's a precious thing to throw that away after a hundred years. That's a whole discussion in itself, Bernie, which we've had before. And a few more on Leo's lunchbox. I'll try and get them to before the end of the day. And I must read, we had a message from Lorna about accommodation, which I promise, bring that, can you bring that to the top from me, Fergal, just so I make sure I read it before we finish. But before that... Harry, how, how, Harry Sweetnam, that photograph of that, how big, what does that pumpkin weigh? Good morning. Good morning, how are you? What does it weigh? It's huge. Yeah, so the biggest one is actually in around 200 kilos. The average is kind of 150 kilos, but... Uh, 150 kilos? Now, if I go into Aldi or Dunn's or Little or, or Tesco today, I pick up a little pumpkin shall carry it out under my arm you're not going to carry a hundred kilo pumpkin under you no no it took uh, it actually took us five people to lift it out of the car there because I had it on display up in um, the field of dreams up in Cork there over the weekend yeah you, 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 uh, Harry Sweetnam you're, you're growing them where are you growing these yeah so I'm growing them just outside the Kinsale there so I actually grew four this year right. so um, yeah and is it easy to grow pumpkins here it's very easy, actually. Like, there's a good bit of work in them now. They took up a good bit of space. But um, like that now, I grew them myself, and uh, mm. they're grown completely organically as well, so no major fertilizers or anything like that. So. And and those big ones, like, do, is that a year's growth or two years' growth? No, it's actually r- really rather quick. So those pumpkins aren't even three months old. Like, the plants were sat at the end of April. What? And, um, yeah, so they really, like... You could go out every day and you could just see literally how much they had grown since yesterday. Right. And what conditions, do, obviously the Irish conditions seem to suit them. Did what? Yeah, they were just grown outside just in a south-facing patch and uh, in um, not much wind and that because they're, they're quite gentle plants, all right. Like, but, Fantastic. Uh, now you want, you've got these whoppers and you want to sell them for Field of Dreams. Tell people about Field of Dreams. Yeah, so Field of Dreams, they're a charity for um, Down Syndrome Ireland. So they're, they kind of help train adults with Down Syndrome to find jobs and just that uh, it's nice that they give them an, an insight into horticulture and then that's the way they raise their money. They were actually growing pumpkins this year and selling them. So I think they still have a few left at their honesty box in um, uh, Curraheen. So if anyone's interested, of course, you could uh, go along and just pick up one there. But uh, Mm. Yeah, what's what's your attraction to Field of Dreams? You're, you're very young to be so passionate about something like this and growing, and and you have a fine pair of gr- a set of green fingers on you. Yeah, <laughs> so I suppose they just appealed to me because like they they grew pumpkins to raise money for charity, so, and that's kind of exactly what I was doing. So I thought it was a very fitting charity to mm. to give it to because I always wanted to give it to charity, like you know, because it's nice to give back to the community and that. So. Yeah. No, and this is, they're, they're magnificent. We've got a picture up on our Twitter of the pumpkins. They're fabulous. Harry, congratulations. So, feel you, you want to sell them if anybody wants to buy them or put them on display for you and you'll bring them and display them. You need a large car to get some of them into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you'll, you'll sort it all out. If someone wants to contact you to buy one of them for charity for Feed of Dreams, then you'll do the rest. Yeah. 
Very good. All right, Harry. Cheers. Harry Sweetnam, we'll put the pictures up if you want to contact him about those enormous pumpkins. Think now when you're passing the stack in Super Value later on of these pumpkins. They're calling them giant pumpkins. Na, 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 na. He's got a pumpkin there that's nearly 100 kilos and bigger than that. Huge yokes. Thanks, Harry. 0818969696. Right, a quick read of this before we leave because I don't want to leave Lorna waiting. Hi, PJ. I wonder if you could help I know there is an accommodation crisis, but I'm really desperate to find a double room house share. I'm commuting at the moment. I have to get up at 6am to get to work at 9. I'm a 27-year-old female working professional looking to rent full-time accommodation in the city centre ASAP and long term. I'm ideally looking for a double room with fellow young professionals in the city centre. I work from home Mondays and Fridays. I'm in the office Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. A Monday to Friday option like digs isn't really suitable. Any leads would be fantastic. Thanks a million. Anyone know where Lorna might find a place to live? A double room uh, shared in a house for young professionals needs to move in. 27 female working professional needs to live there full time and needs to get it ASAP. She knows there's a crisis. She knows there's a shortage. But if anybody can help, they can contact us at 0818969696 or outside hours, which we will be in about two minutes' time. Uh, the best way to get us is opinion at 96fm.ie. Again, on uh, electric cars, I'm thinking about getting a Tesla. The main reason is I love Elon Musk, Elon Musk says Jenny. Have you seen the Tesla? I, I, I had one pass me in traffic the other day. Like, you could watch a match on the screen. The screen inside the Tesla is huge. <laughs> anyway, I digress. That's it. Program edited by Emer O'Hay. Produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Friday tomorrow. See you then, just after nine. Congratulations to our winner of Cork's 96 FM's Sun, Samba and Styles. Hello? Is that Maureen Buckley? Oh my god, it is. Oh my god. Oh my god, no way. Oh my god. Okay. Maureen? Yeah? You're going to Brazil! Yeah! Oh my god. <laughs> You've won! Get in! I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Maureen Buckley, where are you from? Um. Have you forgotten? Rio de Janeiro, I think. <laughs> you are going to Harry Styles in Brazil, and we are absolutely delighted for you. Oh, my God. I don't believe it. Thank you so much. Stay listening, because our next big giveaway is coming very soon. Very soon. Only on Cork's 96FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.